0: Well, I I certainly didn't think we were going to be in this good a mood today. Uh, How about you?
1: No, definitely not. Uh, Especially after losing game six, I figured we were toast.
0: You know, I want to get right into the game last night, and the first thing I wanted to talk about was the expectations, and I could not have been more wrong for the final three games of this series. I went into game five thinking the devils were going to get destroyed at home. They end up playing the second most dominant game of the series that they played. So then we go into game six and I'm telling everybody, you know, the Rangers didn't fight back at the end of game five and and they're done and the devils are going to finish it out. And then they get killed on the road. And then I have a terrible feeling going into last night that I told everybody about. And the devils end up playing their most dominant game of the series. Um, So what, honestly, what were you thinking going into the game last night?
1: I I honestly thought, and I when I tweeted it, I don't know if people thought I was being, uh, like, trying to jinx it, but I honestly, Igor is so goddamn good that I just figured he was going to goalie the shit out of us last night and we were going to lose, like, 2-1 or something like that and just Maybe. be, like, one of these, like, <clears throat> we played well, but, you know, they just had the better goalie sort of thing, you know?
0: And not to take away anything from Akira Schmidt, who we'll talk about, he did his job. Um, some people, I mean, I think they're treating this as a criticism uh, where it shouldn't be because, again, the man did his job. Two shutouts. Um, wasn't really tested that much, and and I think that is a testament to the entire Devils team. And despite losing, you have to give a shout-out to Igor Shisterkin, who Games five and seven would have been seven or eight nothing each if it wasn't for him. So, in a way, the Devils sort of got goalied. Um, right, but, to an yeah. extent,
1: yes. Like especially the top guys that had all these shots and no goals, like they really did get goalied. Um, but a couple things on that. So, yep. you know, just inherently, you know, Schmidt outdueled Igor in the games he won. I mean, that's just just the way it is, and. <clears throat> Going back and you listen to goalies that have played, you know, in the NHL, they said, you know, sometimes it's harder when you're not getting those high-level chances and then one comes and you know, you're not warm to it, you're not constantly fighting the whole game and you got to make that one big stop. And especially last night, I'm pretty sure it was 2-1. Well, it was definitely 2-0 at the end of the third and I'm in the second, I'm sorry. And I'm watching the game go into myself if they get out of this period without giving up a goal, they're going to win this game. And with about ten seconds left, there was that deflection in front that was a great tip, and he stopped it. And I was immediately, I was like, I, I think we might actually win this game. If he's going to play like that, he's going to make that stop. I think we're going to win this game. And the stop on was a Panarin. I think it was Trocheck. The um, Panarin fed it from the corner to the slot, and he went back across. And he gloved it. I think that was probably his toughest save of the night, but obviously a really important save. And even if it's not, you know, 20 high danger chances, if it's two or three, but those two or three go in, it's it's a much different game.
0: Yeah, and I had a little bit of a telepathy last night because the, the play you're talking about at the end of the second period, um, well, first, I actually had that feeling of if they get out of this, this they're going to win at the end of the first. And... I'll, we'll get to that in a second because I want to go well, period by period. I, I only didn't but...
1: because we're so bad in the second period. That's what I was like concerned with because we led one nothing after a couple of first periods and then got the ship pushed in in the second period.
0: Yeah, we're going to go period by period. This, yeah. Um, yeah. But <laughs> the play you're talking about the end of the second period right before that scrum, I said to myself, I just feel like the Rangers are going to get a late goal here and that's going to swing the momentum for the third period. And then it almost happened and it didn't. But I, I was telling Jamie. Schmidt scares the shit out of me in a good way because, you know, you know, like maybe it's because we're old and our eyes are not as sharp as they used to be. But like, it just seems like nowadays the game is so fast that like guys throw the puck at the net and you don't know it's in until you see everybody celebrate. And or you could tell by the goalie Schmidt just makes these saves where he doesn't move like he's so calm and relaxed. That, it's like...
1: more than that. It's position. He's he's an excellent positional goalie. He rarely has to make those plays or those big moves because he's always in position. And I want to say was I was watching a video today. Maben Weeks was talking about it and how he's always in position, and it's unbelievable. I will cut you off, but that you know he doesn't make those big windmill saves like Igor, who exaggerates a little bit because he's always in position.
0: Yeah. And some goal, some goalies have that style where they're moving around a lot. So their saves involve, you know, moving in the direction of the puck and all that stuff. And he's just and and they've said it. He's a sort of an unorthodox, like old school style goalie. And whatever, can't say enough about the guy. So now we'll go period by period. And the reason I had the feeling if we got out of the first, we'd win the game is because the Devils did. What they've been doing is controlling the play, not scoring taking a lot of penalties and 24 hours later I feel like a big old asshole for how much I complained about the officiating because the Devils won. But let me tell you, if they lost last night, that's all we would be talking about because when you get to the point where Ray Ferraro and Chris Chelios and PK Subban even though he's, you know, been sort of a you know, a Devils mascot this whole, this whole thing, he was even talking about the officiating. And that's not to say that the calls against the Devils were unfair because they were all legitimate penalties, but at least two of them came after just blatant missed calls a hook on Hughes on a breakaway, a, a high stick to Brat's face right before a, uh, another I mean, Devils penalty. That, was,
1: that wasn't even a high stick. He like high sticked him and raked it across his face for like a good two seconds. And there's a, a, a still of it where the referee is legitimately staring at the stick. Yep. and just doesn't call it. It's like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, and there were there were trips and, and other plays, and, and I just... My whole thing has been either call everything or call nothing, only the stuff that needs to be called, and the inconsistency, and I just think it's this whole thing that, you know, it, it, it seems like the trend nowadays, after Tim Peel lost his job because of the whole game management and the hot mic and stuff, um... Now everybody talks about game management, but doesn't it seem like that's what's happening? It just seems like in the first period of these games, the refs are just trying to establish what kind of game they want it to be, mm-hmm. and they're just, they miss so many things, and the game is too fast for them
1: to act like you know to, to officiate the games like this, and they just miss a lot of stuff. So well, look at look, you know, I tweeted about it, but I don't, I'm sure you saw it—the Toronto-Tampa series game seven. I mean, one of the most blatant high sticks I've ever seen in my life, with about twenty seconds left in the third period of a tie game, right? I mean, two feet from the ref, and he doesn't call it. I mean, if I'm if I'm John Cooper, I'm I'm going for torque and throwing the bench on the ice at that point because I don't care that there's twenty seconds left, and you don't want a team to start a power play, start an overtime on a power play in game seven. You have to make that call. And that's not to say that Tampa's going to score on the power play. But you blatantly screwed them out of a chance to win the series,
0: yeah, and and that's the thing, like no matter how you slice it, no matter what really happened, whether the ref honestly didn't see it, which is not the case here because he was standing right there, that's not good. And if he chose not to call it because of the situation the game was in, and that just goes to to the whole game management thing and
1: right, and they're never this, accountable. They're never held accountable
0: ever no, no, never held accountable. and, and, and I mean, that's the way in all sports, but um that would affect it would have affected the game so much because the two things that are going on in this Devils Rangers series is the Devils were beyond dominant at 5 on 5 and giving the Rangers countless you know power play after power play takes away the Devils strength and giving the Rangers power plays how that's how they won games 1 2 and and 6 um is capitalizing on those chances that game could have been over in the first period for the Rangers last night if they converted on like two of those power plays, So thankfully we're here talking about a victory because I think there's enough uh, complaints about officiating from every set of media and team at this point where I don't know. I, I would hope there's some sort of directive from the league going into round two. Um, I just,
1: I find it hard to believe that that's the best that they can come up with. You know what I mean? Like, I mean the best of who they have. I mean, last night you had Wes McCauley and Gord Dwyer. Yeah. I mean, last night you had
0: two of the guys who are supposed to be the best of Wes McCauley and Gord Dwyer. And I think the first period was the worst period of the series uh, as far as officiating goes. So that just tells me that the game is just too fast to be officiated the way it is. Um, And I remember Rod Bridnemore did a recent uh, interview where he was talking about having referees off the ice. to be able to catch this stuff and then tell the on ice official that he's gotta blow the whistle. I don't think that's the answer I think that's really messy but we're gonna have to figure something out because it can't go on like this. Um,
1: you should I don't know if it's you know I hate to slow the game down, but I don't know if it's being able to challenge a play. I don't know like you know that's a high stick obviously like in the NBA, you know not that I'm using the NBA as some sort of bastion of like how a league should be run but you can challenge a foul once per game. You can challenge if it was a foul, it wasn't a foul. There's no consequences to it. It's a quick review. If you, you know, either it goes one way or the other. You don't, even if you get it right, you don't get another challenge. You get one shot at it, but at least it gives you the chance to fix something that could cost you your season. Yeah. At least, at least you get that.
0: I'm not, I'm not against that at all. I mean, it would have to be like a one-time thing and maybe a penalty like you know, like if the Devils are being called for a penalty and and Ruff challenges it and loses the challenge, then it becomes a double minor. I don't know. I mean, the league the league might even like something like that because that would play into, you know, they seem to be doing things for more scoring. But one of the other problems that this league has is that every ref calls the game differently, and the league I just the league does not seem to want to map out how games should be called. And I think a perfect example is. You know, we were all freaking out when Mercer made an amazing defensive play in game six to stop a breakaway only for it to be called as a penalty. And I'm screaming, just like in soccer, when it's going to be a penalty in the box. You're like, he got the ball first. He got the puck. And then he tripped the guy. And then we find out that five years ago they changed the rule. So,
1: you know, that... I still still disagree by the reading of that rule. He got the puck and... He didn't trip him. His body hit him. It was his hand, not his stick. I still don't think it was a trip, but anyway.
0: Even the rules change. So then you're telling Dawson Mercer and any other player in that uh, situation, guess what? You can't play defense. You might as well just stop skating and let the guy have the breakaway because that is a perfect defensive play. So that's one set of officials. And then you go to last night. Jack Hughes is clearly hooked on a breakaway, and it's not called at all. So... In one game, you're penalizing a great defensive play, and in the next game, you're letting a penalty go, and you know the ref's looking right at it. It's a clear-cut breakaway. Um, So this league absolutely has an officiating problem, but thankfully, that's not why we're here today. Um, Devils get out of the first scoreless and get into the second period where they just took control of this thing. And, I mean... McLeod's goal is nice enough, but but how much more can you say about Andre Pallas' play leading up I to mean, that goal?
1: That might be the best individual effort I've ever seen on a play in, in a hockey game.
0: He At not least, only stole the yeah. puck
1: once, he stole it twice. Made Fox, your reigning Norris Trophy winner, look like a total asshole. Not once, but twice.
0: And Zibanejad, the
1: beautiful, the beautiful saucer right to McLeod. I mean. You, he was by himself. They were they were in a line change. He was completely by himself. He stole the puck. Stole the puck again. Out hustled Kreider. Made made fucks look like an asshole. Makes uh, Zabenija look like an asshole. Beautiful pass for the goal. I mean, you can't. I mean, you know, like you tweeted. Ten months we've been saying, why the fuck did they give this guy the contract right there? That's why.
0: Yeah, and and in fairness, he had a, he had an injury this season, and it's you know it's never easy for guys to adapt to new teams anyway. I mean. We're going through that right now with Timo, who we're going to talk about. Um, but, I mean, Jesus, what what a play. And that right there is worth the entire contract, yeah, honestly. Said,
1: if anybody bitches about his contract from this point forward, they can kiss my ass. That's it.
0: And this was a night where, you know, a lot so much was made about the devil's inexperience. And yep. the guys that stepped up, Palat with two assists, all with a goal. Um Marino, Marino was it plus assists. 4.
1: Plus yeah. 4.
0: Yeah. So maybe they don't have as much experience as everyone else but they they still have guys that know what they're doing and have been there before. And you know, Tatar who who has been given problems and and grief for his playoff performance had a great goal last night and you know, last year we were ready to never see that guy again and now oh, I think I we all go well back
1: yeah, I wanted him could. off the team in the worst way. The same for Eric Halla. And now I would die if they don't extend both of them. I, will I will fucking die if they don't extend them both. I don't care what it costs. You need those guys back. Well, I mean, how about the
0: opportunity we have to just dunk on everybody who tried to hold the the Pavel Zaka Halla trade oh. over our heads?
1: I've been, uh-huh. I've been, I've been pulling out the receipts all day. I, I mean. It, 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 Boston
0: Bruins fans don't understand that, you know, Zaga benefited from being on the best line on the best team in, in the NHL. He was never going to be that player here, and he's not going to be that player in Boston next year. And
1: Dude, they moved him up to the top line when Bergeron was out, and he was a fucking ghost.
0: As he does. Yeah. Multiple times a year. I, I mean, Halla was hilariously bad the first quarter of the season. Dude should have had 35 goals this year for the amount of setups he missed. Um now he's one of our best players. But even if he didn't step up like this, we would still do that trade ten times out of ten. Yeah. So
1: um I, I think the epitome of Pavel Zaka, and I'm trying to find the exact the exact quote here. So give me one second. I'm I'm right on it.
0: Was it his recent go. miss?
1: No, yeah, Dave Portnoy. During during game seven, Zaka has to finish that, can't miss the open net. That if that doesn't explain Pavel Zaka in, in a in a single tweet, I don't know what does.
0: It's addition by subtraction. Um, yep. and
1: plus you're getting faceoffs. You know, he's winning big face-offs. I, I you know, I could not have been more wrong about Hall. I mean, he Same. warranted some he warranted some of the some of the hate he got during the year because he was pretty piss poor. Uh, especially, like you said, he could have had 30 goals easily. Mm. But, man, I've never been so happy to be wrong in my life. The guy, he was the MVP of the series. Him and him and Schmidt, if Schmidt, I mean, Schmidt had two shutouts, so I guess he gets the MVP, but in terms of the not goalies, he was the MVP of the series.
0: I mean, how many times have we come on this podcast and bitch and complain about uh, Ruff putting Hala on that second line next to Jack? like? Weekly, we were doing it, and now Halla Hughes, and, and Palat is one of our best lines. And you know, it's going to go a long way towards matchups in the next series, which we'll talk to after this talk about after this. Um, but I got
1: plenty, of, I have plenty of players I'd like to talk about giving some love to. I know we're going to get to that, but let's continue on with the game,
0: yes, sir. Yeah, second period, uh, with about four and a half minutes left, Marino. Looks like looks like Kale McCarr out there. Um, almost scores an amazing goal on his own. I don't know how really. he
1: didn't score that, because I rewatched the replay like 10 times. He just missed. I always like to think with these defensive defensemen that
0: once they see that, <laughs> they have that glimpse of open ice in front of them, their mind is immediately like, well, I've never been here before.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What am I going to do?
0: Yeah, what do I do now? Um, but just that hockey sense to to miss that layup and just get that pass to Tatar, who he probably didn't even know was there, who roofs it, and then has a very weird celebration, which he claims he was looking for his mouth guard. I'm not buying it. Um.
1: I, I, yeah, I don't know how you lose a mouthpiece for that long. But what, what but that was, <laughs> I
0: mean, that was hilarious. Um, yeah. But we're 2 nothing going into the third, and I'm still trying to stay grounded thinking all right we just need to open up the third and get a goal just to put away any doubt because if the Rangers score one early it's a completely different game and then we were all tweeting you know get ready for Wes McCauley to call five uh penalties on the devils in the first 10 minutes um which you know ended up not happening because as these playoffs go they change the way they officiate these games every period um and what do we talk about first? The goals or the hit? Goals. Mm. Let's do goals. Eric Halla on a three-on-one uh, from Hughes and Palat. Great pass by Hughes. Great like bullseye from Halla. And that, I mean, there's five and a half minutes left at that point. That pretty much puts the game away.
1: Before um, that, though, before the before Hughes got the puck, I want to point out Palat along the boards out-muscled. I don't know who it was. Outmuscled him, out-muscled him again, held him off the puck for Hughes with one hand, and then Hughes was able to take the puck on a two-on-one. I think it was true, but I want to say it was true because he pinched in. I hope so. Just just that, again, that play alone, not trying to do too much, staying strong on the puck, You know, giving Jack the opportunity to go on the two-on-one is another individual play why you go out and you pay Pilat the money that he's worth.
0: Yep. Yep. No, I, I agree 100%. I mean, the last goal, easy enough. Uh, Brat with an empty netter. Um, would be nice. I know it's only an empty netter. I don't know how much that does for confidence, but just for him to get on the board, you know, he goes through these stretches where you can just see he doesn't have confidence because he literally refuses to shoot the puck. Um, so hopefully that gets him going into the next series. But, you know, for nothing. And honestly, the only blemish. On this game, and, you know, I talked earlier about having telepathy with almost giving up up a goal at the end of the second. I mean, I'm not making this up. Like, a couple minutes before Truba laid out Meyer, I said to myself that, you know, now we just have to not get injured and watch out for that big fuck. And let's get into it. So, let's get out of the way that, number one, Timo's got to keep his head up. Um, I mean, dude is looking down while he's skating into three Rangers players, whether he saw Truba come off the bench or not. Um, and let's be real here. We can't just freak out about this and then forget that we're all owing several cups to Mr. Scott Stevens. But this guy, Truba's entire identity and what Ranger fans ask of him is to hurt Star players in hopes of, um, in hopes of giving the Rangers a spark. There was no need for that hit. There was zero need for it. And it's not like Timo ducked his head at the last second. He was skating with his head down the entire time. And the point of contact was Timo's face. And I don't care how legal it is by um, rulebook standards. It's unnecessary. And. It again. It's a
1: dirty. It's a dirty hit because it's unnecessary. Not to mention, he didn't have the puck.
0: I mean, he, it was he gone got by a half a second. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm gonna admit it's legal as per the rule book, but that doesn't make it okay. Um, yeah. You know, Truba gets paid eight million dollars a year. He had zero points in seven games. He was a minus one. And some Ranger fan was telling me on Twitter, "Oh, his his job is not to score points." Um, you're getting paid $8 million a year. You better be putting up some points, especially if he was anchoring the second Rangers power play unit, which he was all series in how many power play chances. So that's all this guy does. And it ends up not helping the team. They don't come back from it, but
1: and his pinch gave up the third goal too.
0: Yeah. So he does, does dumb shit like that and then goes out and he's allowed to possibly injure a star player just for the sake of, of, being able to do it and you know it's hard to get this point across on on twitter because you only have so many characters but my biggest problem with this hit is that the nhl has created an atmosphere where this can exist and go unpunished because you've got five minutes six minutes left in the game whatever it is and truba lays out one of the devil's best players and no devil's player can do a damn thing about it because while the hit is legal Anything any Devils player does is illegal immediately after and mm-hmm. would put the Rangers on power plays for the rest of the game, only down two goals in a game seven. um. So, I mean, that's what the league has created for itself. If you want to allow hits like that, then Jacob Truba should not be allowed to headshot a star player and then just skate away without anybody doing anything about it. So, thankfully, Ruff said he's expecting good news from Meyer.. He came back he, out. Yeah, he didn't he play, but he came on the bench. Um, so hopefully he'll be okay going into tomorrow, and then we could just f- forget about this. But
1: yeah, he looked I, listen, I don't think he has a concussion unless he woke up today and felt terrible. He didn't look like it. He, he got whacked in the nose. He looked like he got a stitch or two. His nose was bloodied. I'm pretty sure he's going to be okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. um. One would hope.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean, look.
0: yeah. All we got to see is tomorrow. He's on the ice for the morning's game. We'll be all right. Um But I also think if he came out to the bench, he probably cleared con- concussion protocol. He's yeah, probably right. at least sore because he got fucking rocked.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But man, the disrespect. Now this game's over, the series is over, Devils win in seven games, the disrespect just does not stop. Because the entire narrative has been, this is an upset, uh, the Rangers blew it. Yeah, how, Yeah, how about a team that finished five points ahead of the Rangers and was up 12 points at, at some point? How about the better team won?
1: They were the betting favorite. Mm-hmm. They won what? They were 3-1 and one in the regular season, and they just beat them in a seven-game series. How the fuck are they still the underdog? Like, stop it.
0: Yep. Yeah. And, and the Rangers went out and got players that... You know, the Devils were already a bad matchup for the Rangers because of the speed. So, the Rangers go out and get two older players who are not fast. Like... And, and the lineup shenanigans and the cap hurdles that the Rangers had to put themselves through just to acquire Kane makes it even worse. Yep. Yeah, like you remember when they dressed two players who didn't step on the ice the entire game just because of the cap?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, what a joke. And somebody asked on HF boards this morning, why why are the Devils more successful than the Rangers? I mean, let's be real. The Rangers have been the better team for the last nine years. But the Rangers' ownership and the media and their front office will not allow them to do a proper rebuild. And just because... Patrick Kane and his bad hip wants to be a ranger. Doesn't mean you have to go out and get him. Yeah. Uh,
1: Just because you can doesn't mean you should.
0: Every move they make is a head scratcher. They shouldn't have traded Bucinavich.
1: That was Um, an awful trade.
0: Yeah. I I mean, they shouldn't have traded Ryan Reeves. Guy was like the heart and soul of that team. (laughs) He was like the most well-liked guy in every locker room. So... Good. Yeah, they, they got a lot of work to do.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I watched a video today, and <clears throat> it was, you know, sort of a slight on them about how they rushed their rebuild and how the Devils did it the correct way. And, you know, when they were able to, you know, they had, I think it was, what, five first-round picks in two years? And, like, one one of those guys turned out to be good, and Miller and not even a superstar, and the rest of them have been, you know, Leah Sanderson's not on the team anymore. Um, Kratsov's not on the team anymore. Lafreniere stinks. Kako stinks. Miller's pretty good. You got nothing really out of five first-round picks, and then you go out and sign Panarin to this contract, and that was, like, their trigger that, all right, our rebuild's over after two years, and look at them now. I mean, what? you know, they're still a decent team, but their depth stinks. You know, yep. you got two full lines of fourth-line players, basically. The kid line stunk in the series. The fourth line stunk in the series. Their stars weren't stars unless they're on the power play. Five on five, they suck. You know, I don't know what they're going to... You know, what's the move? Everyone wants to trade Panarin. Who's taking that contract? He's making $11.6 million for 25-26. Nobody's taking that contract.
0: No, he's not old enough to become a coyote yet. So, yeah. so right. which Nobody's is where Truba will end up. Yeah.
1: Nobody's taking that contract. And that's a big contract.
0: Dude, it's you twenty know. million between Panarin and Truba, two players that did not show up in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, they got a lot of guys making making good money. and did Miller get his contract yet? I don't remember.
0: No, he needs it uh this offseason, and that's, that's one of the I many thought, problems right? that they're gonna have. Yeah. I mean
1: right. so so Miller needs a contract. Um uh, where the hell is it? Miller needs a contract. Schneider's gonna need a contract next year, which is gonna be massive, but a decent contract. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all, you know, Lindgren's an RFA next year, and he's gonna get a decent contract. Uh, what are they gonna do with Lafreniere? I mean, they're gonna give him a. <laughs> what are they gonna do with him? He's an RFA at the end of this year.
0: Well, I mean, he doesn't exactly. I don't think he's gonna be looking for big money. He hasn't earned it, so I'm, I'm sure they'll give him a two year you know like a Sharon Govich type deal 2 million per or something like that but um i yeah, i think
1: Trochek's making 5.6 Cryder's making 6.5 Zibanejad's making 8.5 Panera's making 11.6 Kreider Fox at least deserves 9. 9. his money is making 8
0: you know Kreider Just... at least deserves his money he's the best ranger he should be their captain um yeah. i i remember even all before the Troopish shenanigans when they named him captain over Krider, i was kind of i was kind of confused um
1: yeah, he's... He's a good player. I hate him, but he's he's a devil's
0: killer. And that's why we hate him. But, uh, and he almost did it this series too, but at least he was on the ice for all four goals last night. But, you know, one of the bigger problems and, and everyone says the devils did their rebuild correctly. Okay. Sort of, but that's, that's forgetting that 2013 to 2019 existed. Um, Mm -hmm. the devils did less successfully what the Rangers have done is no rebuild. Try to retool on the fly. Rangers did it better than the Devils, but neither team won anything. So I just look at, and I know it's circulating the whole what the Rangers paid at the deadline. And regardless of the players, I mean, out of the players that they gave up, uh, Kratzov is probably the biggest name, and that's another player that they've failed to develop. Just look, listen to the picks. A first and 23, a second and 23, a seventh and 23, a fourth and 24, a third and 25, a fourth and 25 for nothing. And when you start to think about Akira Schmidt, was a fifth round pick. Um, Sharon Govich was a second round pick. Uh, sixth round? You said oh. second. So, yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. was a late late round pick. You're right. Brad um, sixth round pick. Brat was a sixth round. round Like, these picks aren't nothing. Um, and that's what you need to rebuild your team properly. So, you know, Tom Fitzgerald. I think they have a, a an award for GM of the year, yeah. and right now Lindy Ruff deserves Coach of the Year, and uh, Fitz deserves GM of the year for for putting this team together.
1: I'll agree with Fitz. Uh, you know, Fitzgerald. Uh, I'm Ruff. I just, just something about him.
0: He drives us nuts, and yeah,
1: I just feel like he gets bailed out sometimes with some of his dumbass fucking decisions he makes. But whatever. I guess that happens to everybody.
0: Yeah, you can't I ignore don't want the, the fact that I'm talking to rough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't ignore the fact that they made a 50-point almost jump. Yeah. Uh, um yeah. so players
1: like him, so whatever.
0: Yeah, the player Jack Hughes really likes him and he's yeah. getting the best out of this team and so the Rangers are probably going to fire their coach. Um I don't know if Chris Drury should feel any job security because he's as responsible for this as um as Coach Meatface. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the one who said, Alright, Kane wants to come here, let's go get him and the shenanigans that ensued beforehand. Um, but it's just it's frustrating to me because and I've seen it all over Twitter today, that Ranger fans like to say we have no fans, that we're the little brother across the river and that we're irrelevant in the market and all that stuff. And then when something like this happens, the Devils are the better team and they win. Now they're like, oh, all you do is you care about us. You should care about oh, this your This was your team.
1: Stanley Cup. This was your Stanley Cup. Shut up. Yeah. Like, no. Like, you you fuckers. Night, <laughs> Go ahead. Last night, the fucking video of Devils fans hijacking the Rangers' goal song outside the arena had me dying laughing. Perfect. I know Devils fans are fucking assholes sometimes, and they're annoying as shit. That was fucking hilarious. That yep. was great, 100%. And all the Oh, co- oh, we live rent-free. I'm like, dude, we just beat you like 30 minutes ago. It's not like we beat Carolina and we're making fun of the Rangers. We fucking just beat you 30 minutes ago. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. We're told that we're irrelevant, we're inexperienced, we're going to get killed, we're the underdog, and the Rangers are the one of the best teams ever assembled. And then we win, and we're not allowed to celebrate. Right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's just that fan base, and we've talked about it. If you know everything,
1: and and I said in response to that, it's not. I don't hate the rain. You know, the rivalry to me, I don't like. I hate Rangers more than I want to win. But honestly, having them their fan base suffer is, is very satisfying because they are a bunch of pretentious assholes that are entitled to everything. Everyone else, if they lose a series, it's because they didn't play well. They never give credit to the other team with the exception of a few people. will say, oh, the Devils, you know, played a, they're a better team. They played a better. It's mostly, oh, they're just, a, you know, the team with less talent won the game. But shut the fuck up. Shut up, I mean, the finance whole, bro fucking loser.
0: I mean, the rivalry is unique to begin with just because of the proximity of the fans. Like, we all live amongst each other. Um, yeah, and I, and I saw... Uh, there was a Twitter post talking about the Devils Carolina series, and of course there was a range of fans saying, oh, now you're not going to be able to fill your building without us. And I'm like... So I immediately start typing, the Devils sold out almost every game in the last three months of the season. And then I'm like, you know what? Not worth it.
1: <laughs> it's not no. you're not going to get any satisfaction out of talking to those dumbasses
0: yep they don't know they don't care um yeah so good riddance um they can hit the uh, the golf course with the boston bruins yep
1: so one thing i want to talk about last night as we were talking about the celebration and i don't know if you saw yeah. this or not was there's a video circulating from you know some fans posted it but uh Darren Ravel posted it also, of Josh Harris leaving the game last night, jumped out of his car, and was celebrating with the fans, high-fiving, taking pictures, jumping up and down, going crazy. I thought that was really cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Um... Especially since I've always thought that Blitzer was more of the fan and was more involved with the team. To see him get out and just kind of be amongst the fans, you know, just like Dolan would do you know go out and celebrating with the fans and it wasn't like hey he drove by waved he got out of his car went up and down shook everybody's hand high-fived everybody stopped and took pictures with everybody it was really cool
0: yeah and, and it's really awesome to see that especially after the last couple of years of what the fans thought of the owners and a lot of that is born out of frustration of, of how the team how bad the team was and and it is like it you'd be reluctant to admit when Fitz gets the job and he's like, you got to trust the process. It's not going to happen overnight. And we're like, fuck you. We've been waiting 10 years, but fast forward to now. And you're like, okay, fine. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'll shut my fucking mouth.
0: Yeah. And I also heard on uh, the Jeff Merrick show after game six, that the owners were also in the locker room uh, after games three, four, and five, like cheering on the players and like shaking hands and, and all that stuff. So they're they're yeah, really saw, involved. Yeah.
1: And you saw Fitz after the game, I don't know if you saw the the inter, like in the locker room, how he went in and gave a talk to the team and told them, you know, how they should all take a bow and how great they played and you know it's not over yet, one game at a time. Yep. But was nice to see him get in the locker room and talk to the team also. Um uh, was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And...
1: and and one more thing about celebrating, you know, yeah. a friend of the show, Matty Loughlin. I don't know if you saw this or not. No. But he called into the Boomer Sison show today. Oh he did? Dude, it was hilarious. They didn't he just said it was Matt from New Jersey. And they take the call and he goes, Hey guys, and he just goes into a he does his play by play call of the goal last night and Boomer's just sitting there like, I wanna kill myself. Dude, it was hilarious.
0: You know, Boomer is he he's a whiner sometimes, and I actually yeah. tuned in this morning because I was waiting for him to to just do unload in a tirade, but you know what? He was pretty cool about it, and actually did say the Devils were the better team and um deserved to win, and they wanted it more and all that stuff. And so good on him. But yeah, yeah before I, we I
1: love, was great, hilarious. Yeah, I'm gonna
0: watch this as we're done. um Yeah, so before we move on to Carolina, let's talk players. um
1: Ooh, Do I, I have mean, a list?
0: Yeah, I, I obviously we got. I just want to start with Timo because. Anybody could look at the stats and be like, the devils gave up a lot for him and he put up no points. But like I've never seen a player play better and go pointless in a series, if that makes sense. Like he was he was a factor.
1: Yeah, not even not even You know, again, no points, but he was in Shisterkin's brain. He you know, Shisterkin saw him into sleep. Like he was all up in his shit the whole series. He threw more body checks than anybody in the series. He had second most shots, I think, behind Jack. You know, he was a factor. Whether you like it or not, he was a factor. And that's what they went out and got him for, to be that kind of physical player. And the points will come, you know, especially, you know, against Carolina. I'm not saying we're going to win the series or anything, but I think you'll see, you'll see some points from, from, from Timo in the second second round.
0: For yeah, sure. I think so, too. And just looking, Holla had 16 shots, Brat 14, Tatar 13, Mercer 12. Timo had 27 shots on goal. Um, so he was trying. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things, and I'll say it now, but we'll talk about it in a couple of minutes. The Devils did, in a sense, get goalied to where it wouldn't have gone seven without Igor, and and the wins would have been more lopsided without Igor. They're going up against Freddie Anderson next uh, next series, who's – Good, but not Igor Shosturkin. So that makes me feel very good about uh, Meyer, Brat, and Heesher getting on the board, but we'll get there. Um, yeah. Who's yeah. the player you want to talk about the most?
1: The most? There's quite a yeah. few, but um, I'll start off with my second podcast in a row, Damon Severson. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, everybody and their mother knows the type of shit that I've talked about, Damon Severson over the years. And he didn't do anything amazing in the series. He didn't score any goals, he didn't, you know, make any amazing plays. But again, he played sound positionally. He did what he was supposed to do. You know, he took the penalty last night, what are you going to do? You know, he's reaching for the puck, the guy stepped on a stick, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, but he he played a, a phenomenal series. I could not have asked for anything more from Damon Severson in the series and I hope it continues.
0: Yep. Yeah, he was he was very good. Um and a lot of the criticism for him comes from these plays that he makes where you're just like what are you doing? And he did none of that. And he hasn't done any of that in a while. And
1: Yeah. Just it's- the, all the whole defense last night, the the chipping the puck out of the zone high getting it up the glass Making the smart play when they had the lead, and Dano kept saying it. That's the right play. Get it up the. Just get it out of the zone. Take a Take a icing. It doesn't matter. You're winning. Just get the puck out. And they were all doing it. But in particular, Severson, especially on the penalty kill, he just was unbelievable.
0: Hmm. Agreed. Um, the defense as a whole, you know, in the three losses, a lot of guys looked bad. Graves looked bad. Um. And like, yeah, I I think Siegenthaler looked bad and what was a game one or um or whatever it was. But when these guys won, like it was a completely different team we were watching, and you know, they completely redeemed themselves. But you know, and then a player I'll mention, um Dawson Mercer came alive late in this series. And oh, he
1: was invisible the first two games, three games? Yeah, I think three Like, no shots.
0: Yeah, I think uh, what was his first goal it was that shorthanded goal and gave five. And before that, I mean, he he was one of the five players. And I was talking about Brat Meyer, Heisher, Tatar, and Mercer, who didn't have any goals through four games. Um, but the last three games of the series, he came on. And hopefully, that's a nice momentum for him going into uh, the second round, um, you know, because they're going to need him. And uh, anyway, who else do you want to talk about?
1: I mean, I've already sucked off Eric Hall and Andre Plot, so I don't need to go there. Yep. Um, Nico, I-, I know he had no goals. He had five assists, but he showed you why he was a Selkie candidate and why he's going to win one soon. He Very He completely, soon. he put Zabinajad in his pocket like I, like you rarely ever see. I mean, he literally shut that line down single-handedly.
0: Yeah, he's going to be nominated this year, and he's not going to win it I'm because sure. Bergeron still exists. Um, mm-hmm. yep. But, uh, you know, after that, I mean, Bergeron's probably retiring, and they should be naming that award after him, and I would not be very surprised if Nico Heischer's the first winner of the Bergeron slash Selkie Award. Um,
1: yep, I agree. He was unbelievable.
0: Uh, yep. Yeah, he was. Um, and then I'm not an, we're not advanced stat guys, but I heard a lot about uh, – the devil's absolutely controlling the play when Dougie Hamilton was on the ice um, for most of the series. And, I mean, I guess the other guy that we really have to give as many props as possible is Mikey McLeod.
1: <laughs> he was unbelievable last night. Yep. I, not even, goal aside, he was unbelievable. He looked like an offensive player all of a sudden. He was Getting pucks in deep and and skating the pucks in and making great plays behind the net and he was un on, unfreaking on real.
0: And that's why I always stress the importance of don't hold a guy to the position he's drafted in because his draft position and the way he played in juniors, people think he's going to be a top line center with eighty points a season. It it hasn't turned out that way. I mean, the Devils have enough top line top line players, but you find yourself a reliable. Fourth liner who can play on any line when you need to win a faceoff because he's the second best in the league at face-offs, I think. Um
1: 62% in the series.
0: In the series, yeah. I think he ended the regular season second best in, in the league. Um and that's those are unbelievably valuable guys to ha- to have. So I mean, good on him. Uh he's he's been a great asset this uh this season and the and this round. Um
1: yeah, and I'll I'll give a, a quick shout out to Igor. Um, coming in tough. last night was a tough spot to get into and i thought he played a good game and he was great on the penalty kill he had a couple of opportunities i would have loved it if he didn't hit you know igor in the end and rangers on his chest on the 2 on 1 yep but he had a couple of opportunities he, he, you know it's i guess you know it's tough to sit out you know 5 out of 7 games in a series and just come in and play in a high pressure game 7 but i think he handled himself well and i think he played a pretty damn good game last night
0: he did. He did, and I, I am guessing, no, unless there's an injury, no lineup changes going into tomorrow, and you know Igor will get a chance, and you know he's the kind of guy, and I know you'll agree with me that if he could just get one, um, yeah. he's gonna get six.
1: Yeah, I mean, I said to you yesterday when we were talking about the lineups that, like, you know, why is Wood in whatever? I said the change I would make is I would take if I'm gonna take out, um face. Lazar. Uh, Lazar. I'm going to put Yegor in for him because at least you have a chance of getting a goal. Bastion's never going to get you a goal. Lazar got you a goal the other night, but the the move I would make would be, you know, if you're taking, you know, Bastion out, you know, Lazar, leave Lazar and put, put Yegor in. But, you know, because of the move they made that he had to get Wood into the lineup. Now you have to squat, uh, scratch Boquist because now you're losing a penalty killer. And Lazar, so now you got to bring Yegor back in, so that that's why they had to make the two changes. And you know, I just don't get, you know, obviously we won the game, so I'm not going to be like super upset about it. But like Miles would play six minutes last night, so like yep. like really, what was the point?
0: Yeah, yeah. I and I was against him going in the lineup in the first place because I just figure he's not doing anything to help the team. He's not getting those breakaways. He's not being smartly physical. He only hurts the team, um, so, so he was
1: I, on the ice, and there was a penalty call, and I didn't see who it was on. I'm like, "Oh my god, please God, don't let it be Wood." Because I remember that exact actually meltdown. It was Bash it <laughs> it <laughs> It's bashing. gonna melt down right now. Yep. Yeah, it was Basher the trip. Yeah, yep. I was like, "Oh my god!" I swear to God, that's Wood. I'm gonna fucking punch my TV.
0: Yep, yep, but you know, um, we'll see what happens. Let's let's turn our attention to. It's crazy, you know, I kind of changed my tune halfway through the day. So at first I was like, "Holy shit, we have a game tomorrow." And how do you only give a team less than 48 hours to recover from a hellish seven-game series to complete to travel and and worry about a new team. But I realized my frustration is just mainly on on behalf of the fans because after watching all the player and coach interviews today, they're all happy that the game's tomorrow. They want to get right yeah. back into it. Um yeah. So just for us, just to emotionally calm down. Um, so, all right. Well, let's do this. Going into the Carolina series, before we even discuss why, what is your prediction? Devils and Six. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, and I was listening to uh, Sportsnet's Hockey PDO cast with Dom um, LeCision and uh, I forget the other dude that's on it, but um they made some good points that made me way overconfident for this series that um, I think it's Aho and Stahl, or uh, Stahl and Martinuk, but those players have been matched up against the other team's best line, and the Devils are just so deep that if you match them up against Jack and Hall and Palat, then... Tatar and Heischer and Mer- and uh, Brat have a good matchup. The third line with Meyer and Mercer have good matchups. So I feel like, you know, and, and it's unfortunate for the Hurricanes, they're missing Pachoretti, Terravina, and Svechnikov, and that's three very good players, but they still handled the Islanders, who were a lot of people's dark horse. So it's not going to be an easy series. I just feel like the Devils up front are just too deep. And now I'll bring up what I was saying earlier that. Um, the Devils did some damage on Shesterkin, who played amazing, and now the goalie's being downgraded a little bit. Um, I you know, I hope I'm not getting too big ahead over this, but I really feel confident going into this series.
1: Yeah, I, I am too. Uh, more con- Honestly, I'm more confident than I was in the Rangers series just because of Igor. I mean, he's the X-Factor, and no matter what series it is, he's the X-Factor. So the fact that they got through him is a good sign. Um, you know, right after Boston lost yesterday, I think it was, I sent you a message and I was like, they got to win this fucking game because the East is wide open right now. Mm-hmm. Like Boston was the, the hurdle for everybody. They have to win the series. If they do, they have a path to the Stanley Cup finals. Everybody does now. It's wide open. Florida does. Everybody does. Um,
0: Personally think Toronto is now the favorite. But-
1: Right. So like I said, also what I said to you was if I had to rank the remaining teams, I'd say it was Toronto, then New Jersey slash New York Rangers, depending on Mm -hmm. who won the series, followed by Florida, then Carolina. That would be my ranking right now. And, you know, I think we talked about it last time we were here about how Toronto can play the same type of game the Devils can play, and they're relatively deep, so they scare me a little bit um and the way florida played boston i mean you know the my hope there is that they blew their wad on playing boston and there's a bit of a letdown um in the next round but you know i don't want to get too far ahead of us but yeah i think devils and 6 on uh, you know I, I hope so i think the goalie you know anderson's a good a good goalie you know i'm not saying he sucks but you know it's definitely a downgrade from playing against igor
0: Yep. Um, Devils have to still stay out of the box because Carolina has, you know, one of the deepest defenses in the league and they, you know, a very active defense that likes to um, get involved and they score a lot. So, um, you know, they got to be careful and Carolina's got a decent power play. And so the whole taking penalties things has to has to be cleaned up. Um, some of the players who didn't get on the board in this Rangers series have to score a couple goals, chip in here and there. Um, just hope there's no emotional letdown, you know, um, because in the regular season, we always think like after a big uh, win against the Rangers, then the next game's going to be a letdown. Well, this is an entire, an entire series. Yeah. And if the Devils have the chance to take game one, they really need to do it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Especially on the road. And uh, I saw... Game, you know, schedule's out for the series, and it's uh, tomorrow, obviously. Friday, 8 p.m., Sunday at 3.30, Tuesday, 7 p.m., and then games 5, 6, and 7 are TBD, but Thursday, Saturday, Monday. Um, Sunday, 3.30, supposed to be, like, in the 70s. I mean, that place is going to be fucking on fire. Yep. That place is going to be uncontrollable the fans are going to be nuts.
0: Full of Devils fans, thank God.
1: Yeah, full of Devils fans, exactly. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it was hard to gauge how many Ranger fans were at games 5 and 7 because they didn't have anything to cheer about the entire <laughs> well, time. you know,
1: what's funny <laughs> is last night, uh, I think after the fourth goal, I'm looking at the stands and there was I want to say, like, behind the penalty box to the right a little bit there was about 16 empty seats. <laughs> Yeah, honestly like, there were a lot like, of Ranger fans there. There was like sixteen empty seats, like in a stagger of a row, like upper row, like like rows five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Just like a swath of empty seats. I'm like, oh I wonder who was sitting there.
0: Well, I mean, as they're celebrating, as the yeah. clock goes down to zero and I just they show the shots of the building and I'm like, Jesus, the the lower level looks half empty. It looks so stupid.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. All right.
0: But you know, all those jagoffs left. Um
1: Gotta get the train.
0: Yeah, gotta get. No, they gotta get the, uh, you know, gotta hop in their car and drive back to fucking Middletown or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, half of them are from New Jersey anyway. But, uh, yeah, buddy. So, whew, it's
1: been, that been that a long a time. It's been a long fucking time. And last night, you know, 2018 18 aside, it was fun to make the playoffs, but, you know, Taylor Hall really carried them, and we got our shit pushed in in five games. This is the first time in probably a decade that I'm, like, really, really happy to be a Devils fan right now. You Same. Know, it's been a long fucking road to get here. A lot of losing. um, And just being kind of apathetic towards the team. But, you know, I've seen it. Think about this. I mean, we just beat the Rangers. We're in the second round. We got a a legitimate, a good chance to to win the series. And we have Luke Hughes and Simone Nemitz coming next year.
0: Yep. Yeah, I was going to say that when we were talking. Alexander
1: Holtz. And Holtz has been lighting it up in the playoffs. I mean, you know, the other guy who nobody really talks about is Riley Walsh is playing out of his fucking mind in the playoffs right now. You know, I don't think they have any space for him, but they could use him certainly in a trade package.
0: When you were talking about Severson earlier, I mean, the thing I was thinking was, like, even if this guy wanted to take a discount to stay, because I genuinely think he wants to stay here, there's uh, there's just no room for him. And if it wasn't bad enough that Hughes and um, Hughes and Nemitz are are going to take lineup spots, Kevin fucking Ball is like, guess what? I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, um, he's,
1: uh, he's part of the team now. That's...
0: Part of the ship, part of the crew.
1: Sure is. I mean, Riley Walsh. Uh, he's got no. <laughs> fortunately, he's got no
0: space got on this no, team either. But he's
1: got in four games. He's got five points, four goals and an assist in four games.
0: Yeah, it'll be a great uh, trade piece, but what I don't expect- even know at this point what we need. Like, this is way off. Say the season ended today. and We're talking yeah. about where the where we go next year. We want to bring Halla and Tatar back at reasonable numbers. I mean, what do we even need at that point?
1: I think there's a path for Jesper. I I don't want to get into it, but I I think there's a path where Jesper Bratt's not a devil next year. A legitimate path where if they see a place where they can upgrade the team by trading a Riley Walsh and somebody else to fill that spot, they tell him and his agent to go take a flying shit.
0: You mean um, Riley Walsh and Jesper Bratt for William Nylander? That's fine. I'm down. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. Um, but dude, going forward, if we do make it to the conference finals and it's against Toronto, oh god! More than any anybody else, Tavares, Matthews, Nylander, and Marner scare the fuck out of me. <laughs> That's yeah. not even mentioning O'Reilly. And
1: yeah, no, they're they're a good team. Yeah, they're a good fucking team.
0: Would be nice to see Miles Wood and Matt uh, and uh, Bunting get into a fight. <laughs>
1: Two two fucking meatheads beating each yeah, other the, up.
0: <laughs> two of the biggest idiots in the league punching the <laughs> shit out of each other would be hilarious. Um Yeah, so oof, biggest sigh of relief as a devils fan in ten years. Easy.
1: For sure. A hundred percent. And and no joke, it was about five six minutes left up three nothing. And I was still shitting my shitting my pants on the couch, having flashbacks to '09. Like, ah, oh, they got this fucking game in the bag. They can't possibly blow this. And I was like, nope, I'm not letting myself get too comfortable until that fucking clock says zero. And then when they scored the empty netter, I was I was okay.
0: I remember saying in Game Five, uh, I made my cousin crack up because it's like two nothing Devils, and I'm like, we only need about I don't know four more goals, and yeah. then I'll and then <laughs> exactly. I'll be fine.
1: <laughs> yep. I had it before nothing with like four minutes left for me to finally take a sigh of relief. It's it's yep. crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah, but the Rangers. I, I mean, they just gave up, and they did it in Game Five too. Uh,
1: yeah, no quit in New.
0: <laughs> Lots of no quit, in quit in New, New York. York. Yeah, there was yeah. tons
1: of quit in New York. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what they say. Nobody wants to work nowadays.
1: Yeah, that was oof. I mean, if the Devils put up that kind of effort in a Game 7, I'd be apoplectic. Fucking, I'd be losing my shit right now. That's, the that's where I think
0: me. a lot of the Rangers' frustration is coming from, because while we'd like everyone to admit that the Devils were the better team, which they were, like, the Rangers just, what the fuck happened, man? They did not show up to two big games, 5 and 7. Like
1: They were 8-1 and one in their last nine Game 7s, and... They probably just expected to out-experience the Devils, and the Devils really just wanted it more. That's the only one, really what it comes down to, is they really wanted it more.
0: Are you on your computer? Yep. I'd like you to go to the Rangers website because the picture that the picture that they have for the for the recap last night is actually awesome. It's the entire Rangers team staring at. Uh, all Igor. the Devils fans celebrating. <laughs>
1: well, they're all staring at Igor and then watching the fans, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's great. Igor's no, right uh, in the middle, yeah. He's like, oh, they're like, I'm fucking sorry, we suck, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I mean, Kane had six points in seven games, but he had no points the last three games. Um,
1: he, I thought he was good last night. I thought he had some jump in his skates. I thought he he looked dangerous last night, which I can't say for pretty much anybody else on that team. I mean, Lafreniere and Kako and Hedel were a complete non-factor.
0: I mean, Hedel had four points in seven games. I um, don't
1: remember them calling his name one single time on the ice. <laughs> I don't remember Kako. I, they moved him up to the top line, and I still don't remember them calling his name once. And Lafreniere had the one-two-on-one on one yesterday where, you know, Schmidt made the save, and that was about the last I heard of him. He was, <laughs> it was funny, you know, I, Tweeted out the stupid picture. I made it work to double oh seven, but it's, um, what a fucking awful series! No goals, no assists, no points, no penalty minutes, zero plus minus, zero percent on the faceoff circle, and zero takeaways. Just a complete non-factor. Bananas. for your first overall pick.
0: Yep. All right. Last thing I want to do before we go. Just because shout
1: out is it a shout out to Amanda? Well, yeah. I mean. Forgot...
0: a shout out to our our good friend Amanda Um, as hockey's winding down we're gonna have Amanda on a couple times she's uh, you know she's been very heavily involved in the Viking Army over at the Red Bulls for years and as there's less and less hockey stuff to talk about um, we're gonna have to find something to talk about and and it'll be the absolute garbage fire that is the the New York (laughs) Red Bulls Um, you know cuz I mean, they still, they've still they won one game, and they're actually the worst team in the league right now, uh, in the East at least. But no, what I wanted to do, so shout out to Amanda, let's hang out soon. I wanted to just actually um, get your prediction and mine for how the other three series are going to go. Um,
1: well, I correctly predicted that Seattle was going to win their series, because I'm a fucking genius.
0: So let's do um, Kraken and Stars, what do you think? Uh, As Dallas same
1: I think Dallas is going to win that series I think I had Dallas Edmonton in the finals so I'll stick with in the you know Western Conference finals so I'll stick with that pick um, and then I had Edmonton going to the finals
0: I don't want to say I don't believe in in the Kraken but I think Dallas Stars are going to win this series in five games um,
1: yeah five or six yeah, yeah.
0: Going Um I'm not that big of a believer in the Edmonton Oilers uh, as much as everyone else is but
1: That's a tough one.
0: I'll go Oilers in seven, Stars in five. What do you think, games-wise?
1: I'll go Stars in six, Oilers in six. Okay.
0: So at least we got the same teams. Now the big one, uh, this could go either way. Um, Toronto and Florida. I think Toronto's easily the better team, but Boston was easily the better team. So... That's a tough one. What do you think for that one?
1: It's tough because, like I said, you know, either Florida blew their wad beating Boston, and then they're just going to get ragdolled by by Tampa uh, by Toronto, or they're going to show up and play another good series. I, I think Game One is going to really tell you a lot about that series about how it's going to go. Um, it starts in ten minutes. Yeah, I, I don't know. I. I I don't know why Florida went back to, I think they're starting Lion again. I don't know why, but um, Really? They said he was in the starters, and in, in the warm-up and uh, skate around this morning. I don't know why they're doing that, but uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll take This is a tough yeah. fucking series. Uh uh yeah. say Toronto in seven, let's say.
0: Yeah, I was going to say Toronto in six, but All right, so we at least agree uh, about all the teams that are going to win, but we'll see. So, I mean, that gives you an Oilers Stars uh, conference final and a a Leafs Devils conference final, and the entire country of Canada is going to be at half mast in their pants uh, thinking about it. NHL,
1: yeah, the NHL will be putting their worst refs in the fucking impossible in those series to so so they make sure they get Edmonton. Toronto final.
0: I think Toronto, yeah, but I, I honestly think the league, um, for TV purposes in the states, would like a an American team in the finals. But
1: maybe, maybe but uh, you know, I think I think the NHL transcends you know U.S. versus Canada in terms of fans watching. Uh, Nico was just named a finalist for the Selkie Award, by the way. No shit. It's very second Bergeron, Nico, and Marner. Marner, really? Okay. Friedman just tweeted it out this very second.
0: Huh. So, (sighs) let me ask you a question. Isn't that supposed to be voted on? Okay, so it's going to be voted on towards the end of the playoffs, but it's supposed to only take into account regular season play.
1: Yeah,
0: so I don't like that because, I mean, maybe it'll help Nico to... Now when everybody's voting on it, Nico's still playing. Um but I mean Bergeron's one of the best players to ever play the game. But Nico, if he doesn't win this year, he's gonna win several Selkies going forward.
1: Yeah, I think so. For sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um all right. And so Jack
1: Hughes, and Jack Hughes was named the Lady Bing finalist also.
0: Was that for being a nice guy? Yeah. Yeah. Last Hughes, night was Hughes very guitar point, yeah. Last year was very unchar- Last year, last night was very uncharacteristic for him. Um,
1: he was like all with, over the place.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was literally flying all over the place. Um,
1: he had a couple of nice moves in in tight though. That one that didn't really get a lot of attention, where he was behind the net and kind of fucking fake one out of the jock, bounced off the back of the net to himself, and swung around and got a shot on. It was was really nice. I think it went kind of unnoticed, but I think it was a really nice play. But again, you know, I think you tweeted, I think you messaged me early on that he was trying to do too much again, which was kind of what was going on.
0: Well, I remember Ray Ferraro actually said that Timo Meyer had to physically sit Jack down and tell him to relax, like after he didn't get that penalty on the breakaway. Um, so hey, at least he's fired up. You know, you'd rather that than have a whole team of dudes who uh, apparently couldn't give a shit, like uh, the Rangers. So, yeah. on that note, let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, game one's tomorrow, and. I don't know if we'll be able to stick to this, but I was hoping maybe after each game we can do a much shorter like quick hit pod.
1: Yeah, as long as you don't fucking go to sleep, you old bitch.
0: You know, it was half because I, I've had trouble sleeping <laughs> lately, um, I but I was so amped up in that third period I, and so jittery and nervous. Fucking,
1: I was up till one like watching TV, and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go lay in bed, and hopefully I'll just magically fall asleep because I can't do this. <laughs> I'm yeah, not tweeting t- anymore. I can't do it.
0: And just for the listener, yeah, five minutes left in the game. I During a commercial break, I went and put took a 10-milligram tab of uh, melatonin. I'm like, let me get this started because if this game ends and then I'm trying to jump into bed like fully awake, I'm never going to sleep. Um, so we'll see. But anyway, thanks for listening. Um, we'll see you
1: guys Wednesday night. Well, we'll probably drop the pod Thursday morning, but we'll talk to you Thursday morning.
0: You have a lovely evening, and let's go Devils tomorrow, and uh, hopefully we're in a good mood next time we talk. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.